Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Uwe Dockhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Rachel Bailey. How are you doing, Rachel? And where are you hanging out right now? <laughs> I am doing very well, thank you. I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Wonderful. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for having me here. Wonderful. My pleasure. Rachel Bailey is a parenting specialist who brings peace, resilience, and connection to families who are raising a child who is anxious, sensitive, or strong-willed. I think your mission to improve resilience, confidence, and connections in your family is remarkable. Again, very thankful I can talk to you today, Rachel. Thank you. I enjoy what I do. I feel grateful. Wonderful. So let's uh, work towards the goosebumps, right? Good. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> so first thing, um, who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? So uh, my ideal client is a parent who is working with a child with who has at least one child with what I call big emotions. So parents always say, what does that mean? And big emotions just mean that you usually have a child who is anxious or sensitive, they get really upset when things happen, or even strong-willed. Maybe a child, you know, resists doing what you ask them to do. They're always negotiating. So it's parents who recognize that their children are their, their children have sort of big reactions and big feelings. That's my ideal client. Most of these parents themselves are either anxious or sensitive as well. Where were you 50 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Considering myself, everything you just listen, yep, mm -hmm. <laughs> all fits very well. So uh, we're all humans. So what a common mistake your clients typically make when trying to solve these challenges? Yeah. So the biggest mistake I see is we see these behaviors, this resistance to doing what we want or these big reactions. And we assume that it's a behavior that we need to get out of our kids. We need to change that behavior. We need to make them less bossy or less controlling, or we need to teach them how to stop reacting in such a big way. We treat the symptom, which is the behavior we see, rather than addressing what's really going on. And these behaviors are actually kids' ways of, of communicating that they do have big feelings, usually uncomfortable feelings, and they simply don't have the skills to handle them in a mature way. So the mistake we make is trying to just deal with the behaviors without actually addressing what's going on underneath the behaviors. So essentially we should be the facilitators of our, our kids for the emotions that they are not ready yet to handle. Is that fair to say? That's exactly right. And we need to first recognize that that's really what's mm. going on. We see this negativity and we think, oh, we need to punish this out of them. Or if we have an anxious child, we need to make them calm down or be stronger but that's not really addressing exactly what you're saying is, which is being the facilitator and really the teacher helping kids mm -hmm. understand their feelings and mm -hmm. how to respect their feelings without letting their feelings control them. That's what we teach them. This just, this just struck a nerve with the respect the feeling, because I, mm -hmm. when I look back kind of like, yeah, there's a lot of times when, you know, I didn't feel respected in, in the way I felt. So yeah. 
Exactly. And that leads to really poor self-esteem issues and lack of resilience. When we don't trust our feelings, we don't know ourselves. Our feelings actually tell us who we are and what's good for us. So we do need to teach kids who feel strongly to respect those feelings, but also we don't want those feelings to control them so that they're not yelling or being disrespectful or shutting down. Of course. Very insightful. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Wonderful. So before I ask Rachel, what is one valuable free um, action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something here to our audience. If you are enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Rachel, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with these kinds of issues? Well, one simple, I wouldn't say it's simple, but it's important is to recognize that when a child is actually having an emotion, like you said, they need support in that motion and that emotion to regulate themselves. When you see these reactions that we tend to react to, it's a child who's dysregulated and they need our help regulating and they need us to not get sucked in. Imagine this child is drowning in their emotions. They need us to not jump in that water with them. They need us to actually keep ourselves regulated. And that helps them regulate. And then outside of the moment, we can help them with learning to address their discomfort and how to handle those coping skills. But in the moment, what they really need is support and us staying regulated, which I recognize is not easy. And so that's a lot of what I teach because I'm a sensitive person myself and it's hard not to get sucked in, but that is probably the biggest and best thing we can do in the moment. I I think it. I just, the picture came up uh, to me kind of like it's, you know, regulating the fire hose of emotion, so to speak, kind of like right. there are several settings on that fire hose and uh, we just have to make sure uh, that uh, our kids understand that there are settings, right? Exactly. And they don't understand that intellectually. They learn yes. through our energy what setting they need to be on. So let's say, mm. uh, we'll use your fire hose metaphor. Let's say they're on a, a two out of three and we don't want them to go up to three. If they see us getting upset, they will go up to three. Mm. But if they see us regulating, it'll bring them back to one. Mm. Yes, we are kind of like there. Well, they are the, the sponges, so to speak. So we have to act like kind of like uh, what we want them to absorb from us. So Exactly. Exactly. Yay, we got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. I want to share, uh, give you also the opportunity to share where people can find you, but also what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that will help with that, but also in a broader sense. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of parents will say to me, and I would say this if I didn't do this for a living, well, how do you stay regulated in the moment? What's actually going on? What do we say? What do we do? And I do have a free resource that teaches exactly what's going on in a child's brain when they are dysregulated, and what we can do to make it better. So this is a resource that will help anyone who really wants to understand how to help regulate a dysregulated child. And you can find that on my website. It's at rachel-bailey.com forward slash yuck-curve, because the yuck curve is how I explain all of how this works. Excellent. Of course, we put everything in the show notes. Uh, Thank you for sharing, Rachel. (laughs) Absolutely. But it also shows that uh, these... these, um, tools you know um are often you know when we see those and it's it's just for us also to start first with us kind of Mm -hmm. like before we are able to teach them so is that uh, also from your experience a hundred percent and that's probably Mm -hmm. one of the questions that i would always think 
parents ask most often is what if I don't have these skills to regulate? Because most of us, again, most parents I work with are either anxious or sensitive or both. Um, I am as well. I'm both anxious and sensitive. And we never learn these tools. So how can we give them to our kids? And so I always say that's the best journey to take with your kids. Learn with them. One of the most Mm. effective ways to teach kids coping skills is to have them coach us. Kids don't Mm. love being told what to do, but if they coach us, then it actually helps them learn themselves. So we go on this journey with them and it can be very, very valuable. I know I've gone on it with my own kids. Wonderful. It's an ever, ever uh, learning every day something new and just be open to that. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So Rachel, what's the one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience? I would say it's maybe even what I just mentioned that, um, you know, what do you do if you don't have these skills yourself? Mm. And so I would, again, say you can take this journey with your child and also know this is one of the things that helps me the most. These skills are all skills you can learn at any time, at any age. And Mm -hmm. I think that if we, you know, even as older people, if we learn them, we're still changing the, the, Um, interactions we have with our kids, the interactions we have with other people. So no matter what age you start this at, you're going to benefit you, you, you're going to benefit your children, and you're going to benefit the future generations in your family. I always call this work, um, you know, generational, we're, we're breaking cycles of generations. So it doesn't matter if we haven't learned this ourselves, we can learn it and we can teach it and make a difference. Absolutely. I would even call it legacy work. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. So now we're getting into Goosebumps territory. So this is my last question for today. And it's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced Goosebumps with your family and why? Well, I would say, first of all, we have lots of emotions in our house. I'm emotional. I have two big emotions, kids. Um, So we do have a lot of emotions and a lot of attempts at regulation, but we have a lot of laughter. There's so much laughter in my family. And I think that kind of offsets some of the, we were talking earlier about mistakes. I make mistakes as a parent. They make mistakes as kids, but we reconnect through laughter. So my last goosebumps moment was we were, um, it was a rainy day. We were all sitting on the couch wondering what we were going to do. And we just started going around telling a story, each person saying one word of the story. So we would, I would say the, my daughter would say bear, and then we'd go around. And it just ended up being so silly and so funny that I had lots of goosebumps as we were reconnecting. Oh, wonderful. This is this is excellent. I have to note this for our online event that's coming up in January when we <laughs> collect yes. all these Goosebumps moments. Yes. <laughs> wonderful. Love it. Well, thank you, Rachel, for this amazing Goosebumps moment. And also thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you. Appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. Thank you so much for having me here. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening. And as always, energizing results to you and your Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.